This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association of professionals in parking, transportation, and mobility. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is who I consider the most creative mind in parking, Jeff Petrie, Parking and Technology Manager with the City of Eugene, Oregon. Jeff, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks, Isaiah. Unlike some people who learn parking and then get an awesome job at a, a city, uh, you got an awesome job at a city and then learned parking. So tell us kind of how you jumped from finance to parking. Thanks for the question. The, I'm trained as an economist and I was working in the private sector uh, doing economic consulting and state of Ohio property tax economist. And I came to Eugene for all the great outdoor lifestyle that we have here. And I was working in our city's finance department. And at that point, uh, one of my, my supervisor asked me to start thinking about my future and my career. And uh, one of the places that I started looking at was uh, ICMA, city management. Uh, and I went through an emerging leaders program about 13 years ago through ICMA to become a future city manager. And when I sat down and looked at some opportunities within my organization, uh, there were a lot of opportunities, uh, but parking actually matched closer to what a future city manager experience could be like. And I jumped right in. And now I am parking sticky and I'm in parking and kind of let that other career goal uh, fade into the sunset. Like the rest of us, I like that word sticky. Once you get in, it's impossible to get out. So, <laughs> it well, is, yep. Well, the parking industry is better for it. So I say you're creative. I, I like the uh, word unorthodox. I've kind of just read a lot of your stuff. We've had some conversations over the years, just some things that you've done that are out of the box, you know, the, the square peg and the round hole, if you will. Um, I'd like to just bring our listeners up to date on some of these things that you've done and just tell us the story behind them, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I've really integrated uh, cultural arts into our parking systems, and it's very orthogonal, but it's received a lot of uh, community uh, uh, kudos, uh, built trust and confidence with our council and community, and in general has made our parking program part of the integrated downtown fabric. And so we have opened up all of our parking assets. You think about parking garages, meter posts, scooters, everything that we do to our artists. And it really was a question with another with our cultural arts program manager saying, if your artist had access to our camp parking canvas, what would you do with it? And that led to our uh, uh, kind of uh, working with the community college, to develop a uh, uh, creative uh, bar- or artistic bike crowds. It led to guerrilla artists and paper mache people hanging in buildings. It led to uh, hanging poetry panels and story panels and garage stairwells that eventually went on to become the uh, augmented reality poetry panels in our parking garage stairwells. Uh, Eugene is hosting the 2021 World Track and Field Championships. So we'll bring 180 countries to our little community of 160,000. And it led to a partnership with Cultural Services to bring 20 world internationally renowned muralists to our downtown uh, to paint 20 uh, murals for us. And so the parking fund funds those projects. Uh, we have zombie signs in a parking garage. We've had masters of fine arts uh, projects in our garages. Okay, we you continue you, to try find ways. Yep, you can't skip through that one. You can't say you have a zombie <laughs> sign in your parking garage and then fly through that. So, yes, this is one of my favorites. So, tell the story <laughs> of the uh, the zombie. 
what I can't remember what it was, but it was keep this door shut in the case of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. tell, us, tell us the background there and how you got away with that one. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a garage built in the seventies, and it has these steel doors, almost prison grade doors, on the three stairwells, and we weren't really sure what to do with those doors. So what we decided to do, uh, my operations manager said, boss, I got this, trust me. He painted them blood red, and he developed a sign that says, um, in case of zombie apocalypse, shut door. And so we hung these signs on these doors. And what has happened since we hung those signs and painted them red is that uh, they show up on Instagram and social media, people hanging off of them, love this place. And so we did that about five, seven years ago. And then I was perusing uh, uh, I Love Science website, and at the time, the Pentagon had put out a zombie apocalypse plan, and our picture of our sign was on that website, on that plan. So that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Oh, man. That's when you know you, you've reached the tipping point right there. So <laughs> That's right. That's so cool. And so the, some of the other ones you, you talked about. So tell us about the poetry, I guess. You know, did you use that as a wayfinding, um, a wayfinding concept for your facilities? Yeah, well, Dr. Shoop, Shoop Dog came to our town right when I first became the parking manager, literally four days into my job. And he had a couple comments. One, that we have the ugliest parking garage in America. And then two, uh, parking needs to be managed better. And I <laughs> went to Dr. Shoop. I was like, give me a chance. I've been on the job for four days. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but part of that was we do have a, a garage that spans the street called the Overpark. And it's not the most attractive. It's built at a time where you just built parking garages. And we've been trying to find a way to make the internal stairwells, so a five-level garage with 10 stairway landings, more attractive to customers to use because it's a aged and tired garage. And we uh, had a coworker that was a poet, and I happened to reach out to her after reading an IPMI article about poetry in garages in Chicago. And I asked her, do you know any poets that would be interested in putting their written words up in our garage? And next thing we knew, we have a cookie and coffee company in a commercial space in this garage. On a cold, rainy Northwest February day, I met 30 poets in that garage over cookies and coffee. And we talked about the plan, and they split into three teams and fanned out through the garage and came back with three proposals to, for me. I picked the one that had, uh, could be done the fastest and implemented least expensive. And what it was, we worked with a local poetry society, uh, community, and they submitted poems to us that we picked 10 of them to put on 10 stairway landings in this garage. And they're on signs that are about four feet by four feet. And we included the Oregon Poet Laureate as part of one of the poems. And so we put the written word up in the stairways, and we had a great event with the mayor and the public and the media, and the, all the poets read their stories in these stairways. And the end outcome of that was that we had more people using our stairs, our graffiti went to zero, and the biological custodial issues went to nothing. And so by investing a little bit of cultural arts into our garages, we actually saved money and a great return on our investment. Man, that's a great story. And I, and I read a book once called Fixing Broken Windows, which talked about if you have problems with graffiti or, or uh, trash, you know, it, if you can fix the broken air, broken windows around it or clean up the area around it, it's going to help prevent crime and prevent litter. And so you did that with the art into it. You made a beautiful place where instead of having to chase away graffiti artists and higher security and cameras and all this, you kind of did it outside the box by just creating beauty to eliminate the graffiti. That's a great success story. And I think the second thing is, you know, could, could other cities do stuff like this? Or is Eugene just like this hodgepodge of like artists? You know, I know you have the keep Portland weird, keep 
Austin Weird is Eugene just had this community of, of artists like this or no, you just, uh, you were just able to connect with people and make it happen. Yeah, I think that's the key point. We all have artists in our community and we have creative minds out there and it really takes a, a person with the energy because we're all busy, but has an energy capacity to step up and try to find something they're passionate about. And this was a $1,200 expense with the poets submitted. Their, they literally handwritten poems submitted to me and I picked out the 10. We modernized, we, it evolved over time. A few years, two years ago, we actually partnered with a local writing nonprofit group called Word Crafters in Eugene, and they ran a structured competition to replace the poetry words. And we also have Step in the Theater, and we also have a, uh, a short story in another stairway. And they ran a, a competition across the community, and they paid the artists around, I think it was 50 to $60 for the written words. And they had a panel of judges, university professors, songwriters, uh, poets, the mayor, city councilors, judge the entries. And we had hundreds of entries, and they picked 10. And so they picked the 10, and they handed them over to me, and they handed all the payments and the, uh, the signing of the copyrights. And we put up new words there. And we did that. And we also added a, another dimension to the written word called augmented reality. So we have, we have about 25 panels in a parking garage that are short stories, the playwrights, and poems that when you use an app and you hold your phone up to it, uh, the author reads the poem to you. And the image on the screen becomes a, like a Pixar type image. We actually have a digital image that is a representation of the words that are being spoken. Oh, wow. So you say augmented reality. That's like the Pokemon Go stuff. You, you hold your yes, camera in front of it yep. and it changes. Yeah, man, that's so cool. How, so how are you able to de- pull something like that off? That's a great question. So uh, I attend, I hang out. So one of the things you talk about innovation, you need to find different friend sets and put yourself in places that you don't normally hang out. And so I started hanging out every once in a while at a Wednesday morning coffee meetup for downtown developers, uh, uh, the coders, the techies. And I just sat at their table and listened, and there was, this, uh, there was this techie there that took my business card, and he's been working on an AR product about five years ago that turned our City of Eugene logo into a troll with books on his back walking. And I thought <laughs> that was amazing. But I didn't know how to use that technology. And eventually, uh, as the iPhones and Androids came out with more AR experiences, and the cost for development came down, I reapproached him, and they actually formed a company based on our product. So we, they call us the founding customer. And so uh, now they're growing in our downtown core here. So that's an economic development success. It came out of a coffee meeting, and it was using some public funds, parking money to reinvest in our downtown and the businesses there. So uh, now we're moving on to our, we have two other projects, three other projects in the hopper. Uh, one of those projects is the same company called Step Into Comics. At our local hackathon, we ran a comic competition, and we're going to take the winning comic strips and convert them to augmented reality and hang them up in another parking garage. We are also working on a uh, something that we call Color Splash, and what it is is it's an LED light strip controlled by your phones, and you throw colors. Two people stand on either end of the strip, and they throw a color, primary and secondary color, and it explodes like fireworks, and it converts to the new color. I've yeah. seen stuff like that in the airports, you know, and it's, it's so cool. It's a stressful day. You got your kids or they're hungry, yep. they're tired, or you have luggage. And then there was like this hallway with this, like this light show thing, just like that, where you can throw stuff at each other. And they just, it just changed everyone's mood and energy just like that. Just having something f- fun like that. And that's really cool to implement that in the garage. I never thought about that. 
Yeah, we're going to put it over a pedestrian. Uh, we have commercial space and the overhang LED lights in front of the commercial space above the sidewalk. We're going to put the, put the color splash there. And then the next one I'm really excited about, uh, I got asked to, because of the innovation we're doing here, uh, we have something called a 15th Night Organization, which is to help youth that are experiencing homelessness get off the streets. And so there is some research that says that if, a, if you can intervene in a youth's life within the first 14 days that they're on the street, you can change their life. Once that 15th night comes, they're mm-hmm. probably going to be on the street forever. And so we have an organ, a collective impact group called 15th Night here, and they've done some technology to help youth get resources. Uh, but one of the things I'm excited about is I was asked, my, my city manager asked me to develop a video game for the 15th Night about two years ago. I had no idea what that meant, but it gave me the opera, uh, opportunity to reach into my parking Rolodex and start contacting all the parking permit customers that I knew that were technology related in the businesses. I started hosting a series of com- uh, conversations over beer downtown, uh, got into the board game group, the, the, and I'm a hardcore board gamer now. And we started throwing out some ideas, and what we landed on, which is a true Oregon tradition, is, is something along the lines of Oregon Trail. And we're going to work on a choose-your-own-adventure story that helps homeless youth play it in the middle schools. And as they go through the experience of a, a youth that is choosing to be on the streets or needs to be on the streets because their home life, it provides the opportunities for the resources uh, that are available in, my, in this community to get off the street. And our goal is to have this done in the next year. And again, I'm pulling together several areas. One, my technology contacts from the augmented reality staff, but also the nonprofit writing group is going to run a competition for us to uh, come up, have a writer develop a choose-your-own-adventure story that could be incorporated in this game. So I'm really excited that uh, parking monies and parking innovations is able to do something that's never been done for homeless youth. Man, I I feel that's one of the most under-discussed topics in the parking industry because I work in our municipal division at our company. I know also in the hospital kind of sector of the industry, there's a lot of dealing with um, homelessness or mental mental health. And I don't think I've ever read a paper about you know how to deal or handle with homeless people in the facilities because a lot of times this is where they go to sleep at night. This is where they go to use a restroom, but there's never been anyone kind of tackling the issue. So I think that's really cool what you're doing there. Yeah, it's, it's we hopefully we have shown, uh, you know, if you kids are on the street for a lot of reasons, sometimes they, you know, they ride the bus or their bike downtown to hang out and they go home to a warm bed and loving family. Sometimes they're on the street because they have some addiction challenges and their you know, irrationality. And sometimes the street is actually safer than their home. And so that's, uh, it's, mm. uh, if you can make a difference in these youth, then you think about all the, the human uh, side of it, that you're helping humans be better people and youth. Uh, but you also can change someone's life and change how your downtown community looks. Kudos to uh, Eugene. And so one of the other ones, this is probably one of my favorite ones you do is I think a lot of parking professionals out there, especially the different generational workforces coming into the industry, but you have millennials and you know, sometimes want to hide behind a computer or phone and send an email, respond to a customer by email. They don't want to meet that customer, talk face-to-face because it's uncomfortable. A lot of times parking results into complaints with parking tickets or getting their car booted or towed. But what you did is, I understand it, maybe you could tell the story better, but I understand you created kind of a a lemonade stand or a confessional booth. I don't know what you want to call it, but you would go to community <laughs> events and you would say that the parking director's in session. 
bring on all your complaints. But what you found is you got just as many uh, compliments and suggestions. And it was just a great way for people to feel comfortable and for you to feel comfortable talking and hearing that feedback from the community. So maybe I just spoiled it, but go ahead and tell us about that. <laughs> no, it's, we had not. Uh, so we, we had not. The city of Eugene's off-street parking system had not increased rates in 21 years. And uh, that's a long time to not increase rates. And it's probably more common than we realize across the country. So we're trying to find a different way as we kind of did a large rate increase, percentage rates, to have that conversation with our community. And so we have our normal communication. You know, you send out an email, you send out postcards, you do a newsletter or maybe a council item. I didn't feel like that was good enough for what we needed to do. And so what I did is we, uh, one of our facilities managers had some old cedar from a fence he tore down and he built a classic, you know, peanuts uh, uh, lemonade stand. And at the top, it said the parking manager is, and then we had an in or out uh, sign on there. And it was super heavy, solid cedar construction. And we set it up around downtown outside of parking garages and our park blocks. I took it to neighborhood association meetings over the several years. And it was just an opportunity. Uh, I also have a bowling shirt, a parking manager bowling shirt that I wear. And it really sets me along in terms of our brand image. And so I just sat there and people came up. I uh, had Paul Newman's Lemonade uh, being served and people came up and just talked. And what we realize in the parking industry is that usually a parking ticket or a parking meter is an opportunity for someone to talk to us, right? So it's so a moment of irrationality. And then we created a safe environment for people to have a conversation about the rate increases and anything else they wanted. And so we actually got we got a lot of positive feedback. A local newspaper kind of wrote a story about the history of my career in there. But it really, uh, we're we're focused on building trust and confidence in our community. And that lemonade stand provided an opportunity for uh, our community to have a conversation with the parking manager and not a parking meter or a parking ticket. And so we had a lot of good come out of it. Uh, it also, you learn things. You learn about problems in your structure and things that you need to change. And so it was a, a safe environment and you have to have a little bit of a thick skin to accept it. It was a wonderful experience. And eventually that uh, lemonade stand kind of fell apart and it was too heavy to move around. We got to put it back in the recycling pile, but it was a great uh, community engagement process. That's great. So if you're, if you're running a parking uh, city or working as a parking operator, take notes. This is, this, is, this, is, uh, this is parking 101 here. So this is great, great advice from, from Jeff Petra here in Eugene. So I guess lastly, you had talked about Dr. Shoup. There was actually a great interview on the Parker X podcast this week. So if you like podcasts, check out that one, Dr. Shoup on the Parker X. But yeah, he talks about putting the parking fund back into the community. So I can't think of a better place, a city that's doing that than Eugene. So you had said earlier, there's this new big, I don't know if this is the downtown mural program, but you said you have artists from all over the, the world or the country coming in to paint murals on your parking garages. So I know you talked about that, but I guess tell us a little more about that. Yeah, the, uh, so it's not just parking garages. It's funded with parking meter revenue. So it's definitely Dr. Shoup's reinvestment model. And we're taking what he did in Redwood City uh, for park benches and cleaning and flower pots and going citywide. So we're, we're blowing that up big. And we have five reinvestment areas. And in those areas, probably the ones that are uh, probably the lowest dollar investments, but have the biggest impact on the community are our investments in cultural arts. And so we are funding, uh, it's a $60,000 program. We're funding half of it each year for, the, for five years and providing the support and also the permits, right? The access, uh, the lifts, 
making sure that artists have the ability to do their work. And so as these murals go up on downtown buildings, five stories, 12 stories, three stories, um, we're making sure we're a partner both financially and helping the work get done. And I think that's one of the underappreciated pieces that parking professionals bring that we have. We know the streets, we know the operations, we know where the poles are, the sidewalks. An example was uh, two weekends ago, we had an international artist in and there was an opportunity to paint another building downtown. We had a, the artist had finished earlier and kind of paid for the days that he's here. And I got a text from our cultural arts department downtown and said, hey, we have a lift. Can we park it in this parking space, a commercial zone for the weekend and do this art project? And I, I believe my response was, if it's for art, yes. And so they left it there for three days, and we. So part of it's I managed the permits and made it okay for that lift to park there, so like so we could add one more mural to our downtown. And we have that ability every day uh, to make a difference in our downtown and campus environments. So Eugene is actually where Nike's headquarters. So like you said, what what drew you to Eugene is the outdoor lifestyle, and so there's big events there every year. I'm assuming that Nike brings in. Yeah, so the Nike shoe was invented here at the University of Oregon. Its headquarters are up outside of Portland. But track and field is huge here and uh, large events. You know, for host, we've hosted the last, since 2008 the U.S. Olympic trials for track and field. So everybody we see on that Olympic stage comes through Eugene. And in 2021, we're hosting the World Championships, which means it's the Olympics in the off year. So 180 countries will be in Eugene, Oregon, population 160,000. And that event has never been held in North America. It's been held in the, the large cities, Shanghai, and uh, all the big cities in Europe and around the world. So the fact it's coming to Eugene, Oregon, uh, population 160,000, and the world will be here, we are making sure that our parking and transportation system meets and exceeds the expectations of the international community. Very nice. And yeah, my apologies. So then she was invented in Eugene, but the headquarters are actually outside of Portland. So, And then I guess my last question, what would you say to a parking director who wants to do some of this fun, creative stuff, but you know, you're always worried about that curmudgeon uh, council member, that cynical council, why are we spending money on this? We need to do this. You know? So it's like, how have you been successful in just doing all this fun, creative stuff? That's a great question, and the uh, something I'm speaking about our city of city of Eugene leadership conference. And there is this uh, there's a YouTube video about a, uh, a a man at a festival dancing by himself. And being a leader and being an innovator does feel like you're dancing by yourself in front of an audience at a festival. Uh, but what you need to do is smart, start small, find pilot projects, and find people, find your people, find the people with innovation and ideas that are around you to support you. Because there's plenty of naysayers out there and they sap your energy. Uh, you need to expand your circle and get out of your comfort zone and find new people and start small. Because when you start small and you build those successes, if you get something with a mayor or city council in front of a camera and a positive image in the public, it goes a long way. And it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I think it's great. I think, again, we've we talk about this in every episode. Parking gets such a, a bad rap a lot of times with the parking citations and, and cars getting booted and towed. So anytime you can do something fun, anytime you can do something that brings a, a smile to a customer's face or they're posting a positive story on social media, I think we as an industry have, have to be leaders in that area. So. Jeff, have you guys had a zombie apocalypse since you have been there? <laughs> uh, not a formal one, but definitely zombies at uh, uh, annual events that happen, the Santa Claus runs, and so it's, it's, 
it's exciting. It's exciting to check out our, uh, you know, kind of collate our social media and find how many people love the zombie signs. <laughs> I love it. I remember one time I was in Louisville. I was driving home and I could have swore I saw a zombie just walking down the street. And then <laughs> I kept going and I saw another one. And then I saw another one. Then I realized it was something called the Louisville Zombie Walk, which it brings in like thousands of people. They all dress up and they march around downtown. So it's like, I had no idea it was coming. So it was just funny seeing all these people. I was like, it's really happening. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Jeff, yeah, that's awesome. Jeff, thank you so much, man. It's been a blast. Again, the most creative person in, uh, in Eugene. And do you mind if other city directors have questions or want to follow up with you? How can they contact you? My, uh, my information is on the City of Eugene's web- website, eugeneparking.com. And just uh, look me up or look me up in the IPMI directory and love to talk about creative ideas and how we can uh, work together to make parking uh, integral to the fabric of our community. I love it. Thank you, Jeff, so much. I appreciate it, man. Have a great week. All right. Thank you, Isaiah. Bye. All right. See you, buddy. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast. Or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.